0: Show, man
1: what's up <laughs> super excited yeah. so
0: um to you listeners out there it's audio audio is going to sound a little different we're all in the same room together because riley we grew up with him through high school and things and so he's been close which is nice and so we're just all chilling in the same room so the audio sounds a little roomy but i mean it's
2: not the sound that matters it's the content it's the quality of the content yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just happy to be here yeah, exactly yeah dude so uh, let the people know like, who you are like what's your what do you want them to know about you?
1: Yeah, um, I like to do wacky shit and help people basically. <laughs> nice, <laughs> yeah. that's a, a one liner. like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Make uh, a shirt. Yeah. Next, next, what about therapy merch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> collab with Riley Condor. <laughs> no, for sure. No, yeah. That's I just, a I enjoy uh, experiencing the different things like things life offers. But I'd say that like from a more purpose perspective, I just really enjoy being of service to others that's cool. So cool dude love
0: that yeah so let's talk let's talk more about like your journey like your story right so like what brought you to this point mm. you know so start start back in like if you want start back in like high school as far back as relevant yeah. yeah as far yeah. back as relevant to describe your story whatever's going to be helpful to the listener
1: yeah um I mean, going way back is probably going to be relevant. So growing up in Utah, non LDS, uh, with a, you know, interesting family dynamic, uh, kind of left me with a life experience that was different than most. Um, I think my childhood was overall good. I love my family to death, but there was a lot of things that had happened when I was younger that I was exposed to that probably weren't great for my long-term development. Luckily I'm very resilient and, uh, I kind of was wise beyond my years, so I knew what to do with those things um, the best I could throughout the years, which didn't lead me down a dark path like it could have. Gave me a lot of good life experiences, I feel like, has uh, allowed me to kind of be where I'm at now. So, uh, growing up, uh, parents were split up, so you know I, I kind of lived that lifestyle, like but bouncing back and forth between families. Also had a couple times throughout my life, parents, you know, divorced partners and things like that, which led to uh, families kind of coming together and breaking apart for various reasons. Um, and then, yeah, from a young age around like, uh, you know, 12 years old, um, I started experimenting with like marijuana and alcohol and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And so, uh, oh, never I'm sorry. Really... I don't have any places to show. <laughs> <laughs> no, Siri doesn't have any yeah. places to show. Appreciate Siri's, you, Siri. Siri's he's <laughs> dropping, but yeah, it's no. And I, and I didn't ever get into like uh, hard stuff as a kid. But uh, I just had like a really interesting, uh, like in childhood. You know, there was some mm-hmm. abuse when I was younger, uh, and I just never had the right tools to, you know, like work through that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. it left me feeling. I uh, was really angry as a kid, and and as I entered my teenage years, I kind of just got really rebellious. I started, you know, skateboarding, grew my hair out, smoked a lot of weed, you know, hung out with like uh, some some more of the punkish kids, and started to kind of find my way through that. Um, eventually, I'll kind of make a long story short to to you know fast forward to what kind of was the catalyst leading me here. So, uh, you know, around 14 years old, I end up uh, getting with uh, a partner I'm no longer with, but. That was kind of my first taste of like responsibility around the same time I also started working. Um, and so I started to kind of get my feet underneath me and realize that, uh, you know, eventually this you know, the responsibility was going to fall on me and it was up to me to really do something with my life. Like no one was going to come and save me, basically. And so through that process, actually, uh, funny thing, back in high school, around 10th grade, had a, had a fight with a kid and um it was that's it a whole nother story it's really cool my brother was uh, into some stuff and this kid was going to beat him up or something and so I stepped in and ended up like duking it out with this kid oh, um yeah and uh that was actually what led me to getting into weightlifting because I was like okay like I ended up uh, winning the fight with the kid but I was like you know what I never even want to question like my physical capabilities mm. again and, and for reference in high school I was like I don't know five nine, 120 pounds like I was You know, I'm really little. Yeah, really little. Yeah. And so I got into weightlifting, which uh, through that, I found uh, my first, I would say, mentor of sorts, Arnold Schwarzenegger. A lot of people know his story for like the bodybuilding or, you know, the movie career, but I really started going deep and like reading his like autobiography and really just realizing like uh, I got my first example of like someone who kind of overcame the odds and it really lit something up inside of me that really hasn't been turned off since. so started lifting, which helped me build my confidence, and then through that I also started building really good habits of like learning how to be consistent with something and disciplined, and you know falling in love with the process of improving yourself through time uh, and different different things. Uh, started reading books at that time, which then led me to starting to get more interested in things like sales and entrepreneurship, and then it was like a seed that you know just wouldn't stop growing. At that point, I just got really hungry and was like, okay, I got to do something with my life. Um, So again, started lifting, getting into that kind of stuff, and then kind of started my first little business, I guess of sorts, like a little landscaping business on the side of my job. I was doing like little side jobs from like the age of 16 until 18. Hustler baby. Yeah, (laughs) I worked at uh, uh, Pleasant Grove City. That's the city we grew up in. Um, So I was working there, going to school. I was like doing packets to graduate early, and then I was also doing my business on the side. And then, You know, got through high school, and in high school I was uh, pretty serious. Like I, I really didn't hang out with a lot of people or or do anything fun. Like I was pretty much purely driven on like what's gonna get me out on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, Ended up moving out on my own for the first time around 16, 17 years old. Um, Wow. And so from a young age, I just had like, I kind of always felt a lot older than I was because of the things life exposed me to or put on my my plate or my shoulders. I didn't really have a chance as a kid to like fully feel like or be a kid because there was always like heavy stuff I was carrying whether that, whether that was personal responsibility as time went on or like traumatic shit from the from the past. Um, yeah. And so anyway, so uh, yeah as I stepped out of high school, uh, realized that landscaping, although it would be you know like potentially lucrative, would not be like the best vehicle long term to get me where I wanted to go. And so then I started really getting into sales. Um, ended up finding my next mentor of sorts. Like I think throughout my life, I've always had kind of like a person that represents like the phase I'm in. And so I went from Arnold Schwarzenegger to like Grant Cardone and I started learning a lot about sales and money and real estate and these other things, um, which then just only fueled my passion for, you know, like personal growth and and just getting myself like to a higher level, I guess, of sorts. Uh, from there, jumped into car sales, did that for like 18 months, um, got to the point there where I was the top salesperson and I just realized like I can either stay here and be miserable because most people that work in the auto industry, just being honest, are pretty miserable. Like yeah. their whole life is consumed by that. They make great money, but that's like the cost of like a quality of life almost, yeah. you know? So I just realized I'm like, I could stay here and make really good money the next couple of years or I could go do something that's like more my style, which is like not the conventional, like I don't really fit a regular mold, especially when it comes to like thinking of a career or work. So then I started uh, like selling vehicles to people in the real estate industry and just realizing like how much opportunity was there and also the types of people I was meeting were very unconventional, they were all so different. And the one thing they all had in common is that they liked autonomy, they liked being on their own and like having control over their schedule, their income, all these different things. So I said, screw it, I saved up three months of income, Got my real estate license, quit my job and jumped all in on real estate, uh, which, you know, led me to be doing that for a handful of years. And there's a whole story there as well. Uh, I I gave myself 90 days to make money in real estate, not knowing when you get started, you have to pay like two grand up front. Uh, So that actually became 60 days really quickly. Mm -hmm. And so on my six, um, so I only had three months of income saved up. So if I didn't make money in that 90 days, I'd have to go back to selling cars. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to do that. And so when I got into real estate, I didn't know there was licensing fees, which was like around two grand. Jeez. So that cut into like almost a full month of my savings, plus like the other stuff getting started, Mm -hmm. like, you know, paying for marketing stuff or whatever. Yeah. So that 90 days became 60 days and a normal real estate transaction takes 30 to 45 days. So I basically had less than like four weeks to get something Mm -hmm. in the pipeline and then get it closed, you know, a month later or whatever, but... On the 60th day, I closed my first deal, which is really hilarious how it worked out. Sweet. Um, That's cool. That led me to a successful real estate trip to this point. And now I'm at a point in my life where I'm, uh, I guess, finding more purpose, like realizing that life is about more than just like uh, pursuing a career or these different things. Like it's really about like the impact you have and the, the, I guess, service you provide to other people. So now I've found more of like a spiritual calling and I'm working towards uh, that path. And that's, that's a whole nother story and how I got there too. So <laughs> kind of wild. That's over, great, man. dude.
2: Yeah. Well, going forward now, so we, we kind of know the history, what's, what's the future looking like for you now? Like, I mean, I'm sure that's a whole thing that could take hours talking about that, but yeah. we talked a little bit about beforehand. So what's next? Like from what you've learned there, how do you want to take that into where you want to be?
1: Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I just realized there's a lot of people out there like me that, uh, for whatever reason feel lost or kind of like you know, maybe life kicked them in the teeth a handful of times more than it should have. And I know that there are people that, you know, they, they feel like, I don't know, a calling that they could be more, do more. They could like rise above their circumstances and not be, not let those stories that should have played out play out. Like I shouldn't be where I am for so many reasons. And I don't mean that in like a arrogant way, but like seriously, for so many reasons, like, uh, you know, I almost ended up doing heroin when I was like 14 years old. Uh, lost a brother later to heroin uh, and like these crazy circumstances like um, you know really like against every odd that was put against me um, I had to find a way out of it and like survive you know and so I, I think that um, there are other people out there like that that don't want to be a victim to the cycles in their family or their own personal struggles and like they, they feel in their heart like there's a way above it. so. Uh, to make a long story short, uh, I basically just feel a calling to to help others and be the person I wish I would have had. Really, is the best way to put it. Like that person who's been through the the you know theoretical trenches and kind of risen above their circumstances and now is in a position to like really do something powerful with their life. And so, finding the version of me and other people, maybe me two to three years ago, four years ago where I had like that spark inside of me, but I didn't quite know what to do with it. I was a little misguided maybe. Being that North Star, that person that can like help people's journey be a little less painful and, um, you know, rocky at times, I think. So what that looks like is uh, right now, starting personal coaching, uh, life coaching of sorts, but, you know, I would say focusing more on like helping people create personal breakthroughs, uh, helping them develop their spiritual health and, like, realizing how important that is to everything else in life and uh, really focusing on personal growth because I truly believe that life reflects you. So if your life sucks, it's because you got some work to do, right? That's not really meant to be a a hurtful thing of what I just said, but more of an empowering thing. Like, you really are the... You co-create with, you know, whatever powers that be, whether you want to call it God or the universe or spirit, like... Uh, We all have something inside of us that allows us to like really be, I don't know, there's the word, the conscious creator of our life, right? So helping people get in touch with that and giving them the tools and resources to do that. And then long term, I see myself um, being more of, uh, I kind of mentioned to you guys, the word that came to mind is like a thought leader, like someone who's spreading this message of like, you know, personal growth and empowerment as well as spirituality, which I'm super passionate about. And I don't mean spirituality necessarily in a religious context, but more in just like 'cause there's so many different flavors of it, but how do you how do you use all of that, uh, in your own journey, you know, to help to help you really in, in every every possible way, whether that's more, you know, uh, Christianity or, or Christ likeness, you know, for some people, or more of the Eastern uh, theology of like chakras and Meditation, mindfulness, yoga, tai chi, like it really, in my opinion, especially as a dove into spirituality, they all really complement each other. People like to look at them as opposing mm-hmm. things. Yeah. When in reality, you can take so much from each one. Like uh, you think of Christ, for example, like he's one of the greatest spiritual uh, masters of like all time. There's so much you can learn from him, whether or not you want to associate your name with Christianity, right? Or yeah. people like uh, Mahatma Gandhi or mm-hmm. Buddha or whoever, right? Like all these Spiritual masters, all these different theologies, like they all offer so much if you're just willing to be open-minded and kind of like you know a la carte, take what you what you need or what resonates with you from each one, and kind of build your own, you know, I guess like spiritual deck of cards for like what you put into practice in your daily life. But yeah, that was like a really long-winded no, rant. No, that. dude, that's that's,
2: that's what, what this is about for. Yeah, we we have rants every episode. Yeah, <laughs> we do have rants every episode. <laughs> but I think what you kind of display there is important. What we talk about a lot is a. Uh, a term or I guess an idea within a modality of therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy called psychological flexibility Mm -hmm. and the ability to like not give into rigid ideas and to not follow rigid loops and rules in your life and to allow yourself to to take life and make it flexible. And I like the idea of, especially when it comes to spirituality, we've talked about this a little bit out on the podcast, and when you look at psychological research in general, spirituality is... It's a key indicator of overall mental health. If someone's spiritual, they tend to be more well off mentally, mm-hmm. and that's all the research we have up to this point proves that, and I think you bring up a good point that even if you are a devout Christian, someone who, like let's say a prominent religion in Utah, um, Latter Day Saint, you know, like mm-hmm. you can have that belief and then strongly follow and believe like maybe some of the teachings like he said, Buddha, Muhammad, God, Mohammed. Ahmed Gandhi, goodness, I can't say that word. Or like even just like Buddhism in general, the mindfulness practices, and even like you look into Islam and some of the practices they have Mm -hmm. in regards to um, like just spirituality. I've like written into a little bit of myself, and I think if you look into the the Christian religion, if you believe in that God, which I do, He would want you to look into those things, you know, because it is it is good, it is beneficial, it is helpful, and so I think that's something that if broadly adopted could be a huge help and it's like obviously you've seen it in your life as have you as you adopted it if that sounds about right
1: yeah 100 percent. and uh on the topic of therapy it played a big role as well in me like getting closer to that spiritual connection because I, I like to think of it as like um <clears throat> when you go through life you get these like bumps and bruises or you kind of accumulate like a container all this muck whether that be you know some people have really you know what we would consider decent childhoods but they can still end up with just as much trauma as someone who was like really abused as a kid because when you're a kid you don't really know the difference you you make up a story or a decision about what happened to you and like that becomes your programming long term right so besides the point that everybody kind of ends up with their own level of muck whatever that looks like as they progress through life and I think as an adult our job is to like take inventory of those type of things and kind of like clear the river of perpetual dams uh, which only gets you closer to having more of a connection with yourself. And I think as you find that, uh, you kind of naturally will find like your spiritual connection and whatever that looks like to you. It could be God, it could be, you know, like universal or, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like collective consciousness or yeah. whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, but yeah, for me personally, therapy was a beautiful tool that helped aid that process because giving myself with my therapist a safe space to Discuss things I'd never talked to anybody about, and, and that be okay. Like be able to address these type of topics and, and not have uh, the other person even have any attachment to it, really, and just be able to look at it objectively and help me kind of work through what it means, and also address the things that I had decided it means. Maybe that weren't serving me, right, or that weren't mm-hmm. empowering me to move forward from it. Um, through that process, obviously, finding forgiveness for people in my life as well really helped clear my mind because I wasn't holding on or harboring resentment anymore. It was more like. I could just realize that everybody's just doing the best they could with what they had, and I'm doing the same. And, like, how can you uh, hate someone, hate something in someone else, uh, if you accept it in yourself, right? Like, as I kind of learned to forgive myself for things I'd done in my past, as well as, like, get awareness around or more, like, be objective of the things that had happened in my life, uh, it allowed me to really just, like, not only find more love for myself. Uh, but also all those around me and just more of an understanding that like we're all Like say kind of the same like just an extension of the same thing. There's a I'm gonna say this quote is beautiful uh, You're not a drop in the ocean. You're the ocean in a drop, mm. right? That's cool. Yeah, yeah exactly me. Um, that really resonates with me because I realize like as I do work on myself and address the things in me it only gives me more appreciation and love for all those around me like a truly almost like unconditional sense of love because I realize, like wow how did like you know I think of my family for example and some of the things that I experienced as a kid initially I was very angry about them but now I look back and I'm like wow you did pretty damn good now knowing their history like you did really well with no tools to help you handle you know xyz traumas or events that happened to you throughout your life and you still ended up doing pretty damn good with me you know so now i look at it from a sense of like respect versus like judgment like oh you could have done better i'm like well who am i to say like you know if i wouldn't have done this work on myself and it's still like it never ends but like if i wouldn't have taken this really intense stint of like personal work and getting like in the trenches of like my my whole being and soul in a sense then i probably would have done the same shit you know (laughs) honestly like anyhow but so Let's
0: say there's a kid, there's someone listening right now who's in a position where, let's say you were in high school to where, you know, you're to the point, basically to the breaking point. You know, it's, you're being pushed to do some really intense drugs, whether that be heroin or whatever it is, and you're just in a really bad place. What would you say to that person, either that person or to yourself, again, you know, if you were to look at yourself retroactively?
1: Yeah. Hang in there um you're stronger than you think like that's one thing that's beautiful about the human spirit it's how damn resilient it is and like if you can just find something to cling on to that gives you hope uh you'll get through it and there and there also I would say too like on the other side of it there's so much beauty that comes from going through those experiences like I don't I wouldn't trade any of that For anything like I truly look back on it and I'm grateful like uh, I'll sometimes literally bring myself to tears if I'm like praying about it or journaling about it or these different things because I'm just like wow I I couldn't have understood in that moment how big of an impact that would actually have on me yeah it kind of had like maybe I got a bumper bruise from it but who it made me become in that process and what it taught me about myself and like how much I can truly endure then now life is like beautiful and colorful you know and I I, again look at things so different so I'll just say a couple things like you're stronger than you think number two find something like to cling on to that gives you hope um and know that there is a way to overcome it regardless of what pain you're experiencing or the things you have experienced there is a way to overcome that there is a way to find peace with those things and empowerment like um there's a there's a quote the wound is where the light gets in Right. I think that the people in this world who have been the most hurt or that have gone through the worst of things, they have the capacity to do the most good because they truly know what it's like to be on the other side of the coin. And they they have a, a level of compassion and understanding for humans that a lot of people don't because they know what it's like to be on the receiving end. Like, the you know, excuse my language, but the shit of the stick in mm-hmm. a sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know and I think for me personally speaking like it's made me very aware of how my actions will impact others like it's very difficult for me to be selfish or to take or take an action that feels out of integrity and and harm somebody else because I not only know the impact of that but I know like how that feels to be on the receiving end and so I think uh yeah like maybe the thing I'd add to that is you're probably going to be a pretty good human if you do something with it like there's no use in you going through all that just to throw in the towel and like be a bad human being or, or let it like run your life. Like use those things to empower you to be a better human. I like to joke with people and be like, life was like the ultimate training ground for like what I'm about to do. Like what my purpose is because it gave me the tools, like the reference and like the life experience to actually be able to do this and like step into this fully versus if I would have had an easy life, like I wouldn't even be called to take this path of service or help others. Like probably wouldn't give a shit, you know, like it wouldn't Mm -hmm. matter to me, but Mm -hmm. it's like, it is the thing that matters most to me is like knowing that you know my story or the things that I've gone through things that I've experienced and learned like if they could help someone else avoid or at least like lighten the load for somebody else like that's enough you know it makes everything I went through worth it so yeah that's cool dude what was uh
0: what was the biggest thing that gave you hope when you were in that you know dark place in high school or whenever it was Mm -hmm. when what was that thing, the thing of the the pillar of light that you had?
1: Yeah. Um, I think it kind of changed over the years, yeah. but there was just always, like, I don't know, like like a fire inside me. And so it sounds like super cliche, but there was, even as a little kid, I can remember, like, I was really angry as a kid, and I think that was just, like, the way I expressed my energy, but there was just always something inside of me that just felt like there was more than this, regardless of what terrible thing I was going through at the time or... Uh, you know what kind of turmoil I was experiencing internally like there was always just something that like kind of beckoned me forward like just hang in there a little longer you know and for whatever reason you know god or the universe or creator whatever made me strong like I just I had to be I had no I literally no choice as a kid but to uh but to just be strong like there was no there was no other option um but over time I, I think I clinged to strong role models especially male role models uh people in life that had overcame you know trials and tribulations and ended up in like a place that most people don't experience or just kind of the hope like childlike imagination that like maybe one day it'll all be okay that you know i'll be able to experience the things that i didn't get to as a kid or you know feel feel what it's like to not be burdened by all this um so i guess i could summarize that as like an inner knowing whether i was aware Mm -hmm. of it or not at the time there was just something that kept calling me forward like i had no no choice but to just keep going you know and yeah. over time i kind of started to find my footing and especially the last like year or so it's it's became very clear to me like that there was something it was kind of like there was breadcrumbs being led the entire time when i look back at my life up until this point i'm like there's absolutely no way all this just came together by coincidence or happenstance like i was literally being pushed in this direction whether i was aware of it or not and now obviously right. i don't know what the future holds for sure i have my intention and my hopes but uh, I definitely know there's like something at, at play, or you know, I'm just more aware yeah, of it now. Yeah. I'm more trusting of it. I'm like, okay, yeah. take me where I need to go, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In a sense, that's cool.
0: And I think, Riley, I mean, you bring up a really good point because everyone, we've talked about this a lot too, especially in our mindfulness episodes and um, episodes that we talk about acceptance and commitment therapy, which is literally every, every episode. episode. <laughs> Um, but we talk about something called the higher self, mm-hmm. and everyone has a higher self. And so, if you are listening right now and you say, "Man, I don't have that inner drive or that inner um, direction that Riley had," like yes, you do. And whether you know or not, you can have access to the higher self, and your higher self has basically a little inner compass for you, just like Riley's been describing. And that's really cool, and there are different techniques to access the higher self just through mindfulness and different exercises um, but you have it, and so that's that's really good to know um, so I guess how do you what are things that you do to access your higher self like what do you yeah. what are some of your favorite mindfulness exercises what do you what do you do
1: I'm glad you brought that up uh, I didn't know how how I like to say woo woo or like <laughs> <laughs> you know we're gonna go but uh <laughs> We're yeah. going super woo woo. No, perfect. I just like to, like I say, I have a healthy level of, like, I believe wholeheartedly in this stuff, and I also know to most people it sounds totally weird and crazy, and I'm, I like laugh with them. I'm like, yeah, I get it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's true. Like, but it works. <laughs> truth yeah. is, truth sure. is truth, whether yeah, I believe yeah. it or not, you know? Uh, right. It's kind of like these principles that people talk about. It's like, I could choose to say gravity's not real, but guess what? It's still going to weigh me mm-hmm. down. Like, it doesn't matter, right? Right. Right. Um, I would say, yeah, things like meditation, uh, like I would say anything that puts you in your body or like calms your mind will get you closer to being in touch with like your higher self or, or at least, give you the, the place to be open to like intuitive hits. You know, people call it downloads or, w- whatever you want to call it, right? Like inspired thoughts, ahas. Yeah. they're yeah. all the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so for me personally, I know that I'm gonna be. A lot more clear and i'll be open to getting that kind of guidance whether it be for myself for higher power or whatever you want to call it you know spirit guides if you want to get really real technical like it could be all these different things that people believe and i kind of honestly my belief is that it all applies like it's not so much like i don't like to compartmentalize things that way and say it's like well, i'm in touch with god or my higher self or like you know, spirit guides or whatever. I like, I think it's like, again, all a cart, like all of those things apply. And if you're open to it, you really can receive. It could be even, uh, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, but in life you could even just be open to receiving guidance and it could come from this conversation we're having, right? Like yeah. you could hear something someone says that confirms a thought or maybe an intention you set or something you were seeking and whether it shows up, whether it's like a, you know, inspired thought in your brain or you pick up on it somewhere else. Like I, I also feel like that's, we talk about your higher self or whatever you want to you want to talk about there. Uh, that's ways it can show up for you as well. Just being again open to. There's like a saying: "It's not my job to figure it out. It's my job to ask, believe, and receive." Hmm. Right. So yeah. it's like any any way you can put yourself in that state of receptivity, whether it be uh, again mindfulness practice, so meditation or yoga or for me, like, it sounds really weird, but even like dancing, like (laughs) dancing is amazing. Two years ago, I literally couldn't even dance like at all. It was so uncomfortable in my body. Yeah. Getting to the point where I can express myself in that way. Um, it's just put me more in touch with myself, which has also allowed me to like, you know, another way your higher self could show up for you is like your intuition, like that little voice inside you or the gut feelings that some people ignore or people call them pings, right? It's like, sometimes you'll have a Situation come up and, and you'll have a thought like oh, I should probably call this person right now or I probably like I'll give you a real-life example the other night I uh, was driving late at night, and I fell asleep at the wheel and crashed my car wow. and uh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. And so the entire time though I literally had a thought in my head There's like a little voice like you should probably pull over for 10 minutes, and I'm like it's a 40-minute drive Why would I pull over for 10 minutes like I'll just bust through it and get home mm-hmm. Another 10 minutes in, you should probably pull over and just, even if it's just for a second. No, man, that's weird. I don't want to be that guy sleeping on the side of the road. You know, I'm arguing (laughs) with, I'm arguing with my inner knowing. And then 10 minutes from my house, I black out and smash into a side barrier. It's like, well, if I would have just listened to my call your higher self or intuition, like I kind of had a feeling it was going to happen and I chose to ignore it. Well, how many times in life has that applied in other situations? I mean, there, there are stories of people saying, oh, I had a feeling I should have called that guy. And the next day, you know, you find out he, like, took his life or something. Yeah. It could show up in small ways, like, I probably shouldn't do this small activity. Or it could show up in big ways, like, you know, whether it be for yourself or others. Uh, yeah, anyways, so to answer your original question, uh, for me, it's been any type of spiritual practice, whether it be, like, meditation, uh, you know, yoga and so on, or prayer, journaling, like journaling is beautiful it's like a way to channel almost where you can clear your mind and just uh the the thing that people don't realize is that you have all the answers like as much as we want to put it on other people or other things like internally especially with like the power of your subconscious mind like you really have like a supercomputer inside of you um And because humans are are like, I like to say, of this earth and not of this earth, like we we have the physical reality and like our attachment to it with our bodies and everything else. We also have like this connection to a higher power or source or whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it. Putting yourself in a situation where you can like check in with you and ask yourself questions, you'll be surprised like how how wise you really are or how much you actually do know about things. Um, You know, so things like journal prompts and and whatnot have really been helpful as well for me just to like learn to trust myself and and ask and receive, you Mm -hmm. know, from my own, like, inner knowing, so. And
2: I think, I think you illustrated a good point with that story of you crashing, and I'm glad you're okay, I didn't know about that, I'm really glad you're (laughs) okay, I had no idea, that's, that's terrifying, um, I think you illustrated a good point, because whatever you call it, whatever that inner voice you call like the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the inner self, intuition, inspired thoughts, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter, I think everyone needs to be in touch with it, and you illustrated that, I think that's important, and, it's important to realize that you're not always going to know the outcome of following it Mm -hmm. because as my experience with thoughts like that, of following those thoughts, following those intuitions, again, whatever you call it, you could follow one and it just feels like a normal day, but you'll never know what you're missing out on. And so it's important to follow them as you're getting them Mm -hmm. to just understand that, yes, my life could be dramatically different if I don't or do follow it, or it's probably just going to be more than likely it's just going to be a normal day. But if you were to not follow it, you run into a barrier and you fall asleep and it's not always going to be that dramatic, but staying in tune, with those little promptings, I'll call them cause that's what I would call them myself as a prompting is to first of all, be in tune with it, with the journaling and the connection to the spirit. However you connect with that inner self, stay in touch with that, but then be mindful enough to actually hear it when it's needed. Mm-hmm. I think that's another important thing that you illustrated and you've kind of illustrated bef- right before the podcast started is that you've kind of cut things out of your life that are a distraction. And I think that's important for other people to do to connect to that inner self is to cut out the distractions if possible and be comfortable with silence because a lot of the time those thoughts come in silence. And yeah. um, when you're meditating, when you're um, when you're journaling, I don't know where I'm going with this specifically, but one thing that I wanted to to bring up and the way that I've seen in my life is I connect with that inner self through responsibility and acting on my own personal agency, knowing that I'm in control of my life and I feel that responsibility and meaning as well as resiliency all kind of run parallel with one another. And mm-hmm. when one falls off, it's probably because there's a lack of responsibility, a yeah. lack of understanding of your life is yours, mm-hmm. your life is your baby, like it is what you make it. Yeah. And you've kind of talked about this already, but in what ways do you feel responsibility plays a role? in this connection to the inner self and just overall physical wellness in what in what ways have you seen responsibility play into your life and the way that you've connected to who you are now
1: yeah that's a great question um there's a couple of things i want to unpack for what you just said but i'll start with two parts that answer so i would say my responsibility now as i've kind of gone through this journey of like uh, i don't know for no other way to call it than like awakening really because mm-hmm. two three years ago i was atheist like had no spiritual connection at all. Like I was like completely opposed to that idea of that even being a thing. Mm. So for me to come full circle now and be talking about things like God and spirituality and, and all these different things is, uh, is a shock to me, but a welcome one. And honestly it's yeah. completely changed my life for the better. But I think now, again, going to what I said earlier about the whole, you're not a drop in the ocean, you're the ocean in a drop. Uh, you know, in Christianity, they like, they reference uh, people as like your brothers and sisters mm. or In like different theologies, they talk about like how all is one and one is all, right? Everybody, whether you believe this or not is true, um, everybody's connected and like collectively there's there's like a, they call it collective consciousness, right? It's like everybody collectively going about their daily life in whatever way they choose to is what makes up our realities, what makes up our world, right? So I think I have a personal responsibility now to do this work and help others do the same because I know that the impact is not just on my own life but also i'm I'm creating a drop in the bucket that could turn into a tsunami later right mm-hmm. like you never know uh, how how doing your work could impact other people and i'll I'll kind of use some different examples there's uh something called epigenetics, which is like where things are passed down through your genetic code from family members or ancestors over time and that could be something like you know, let's say somewhere along your bloodline, someone decided to pick up the alcohol or the uh, habit of alcohol, like being mm-hmm. being 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 an alcoholic, right? But prior to that, that wasn't a thing. Well, that specific person's future generations are going to now have that embedded in their genetic code mm-hmm. to be more dis- or predisposed to drinking alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing applies with traumatic experiences or unprocessed emotions or. You know shame and these different types of things they actually get passed down to you over time and so you think of the snowball effect of like a hundred hundreds of years of people like reproducing and not having any awareness to like or any tools like therapy or things that we have modern day to actually like process those kind of things like you're kind of like the cumulative uh addition i guess of like all the people that came before you so you doing your work is not only going to impact you and give you like the peace that you're looking for and like the quality of life fulfillment purpose, passion, whatever you want to call it, that you you can get out of those type of things. But it also collectively will like almost unravel that throughout your, you you know, your family tree in a sense, like you can really be the person who breaks the cycle or breaks the chains. Um, So I think for me, and I've seen that in my own life, like recently with me going through this really intense, like I would say the last six to 12 months has been like almost a pilgrimage of sorts, you know, (laughs) Um, I've seen it reflect back, reflected back to me. Because again, everything starts with you. It's like everything's a reflection of you. As I've done this work on myself, I've seen people in my family that I never thought would quote unquote come around, Mm. come around. And I don't, Mm. to my knowledge, they've done nothing different in their day-to-day life, but almost by me addressing those things or forgiving them without even them being consciously aware of it, the way that our relationship has blossomed is like entirely different. And so modern day, I just realized the power of uh, being accountable and responsible for like, yeah, you do have free will. Like, I think i truly believe everybody when they come here, their soul has like a mission. Like, I think that this is almost like a training ground of sorts. Like you choose to come here for whatever your soul needs to learn. And, uh, you're going to have a series of life experiences that will either lead you there or not. And I think with having, you know, people call agency or free will, you can choose whether to follow that. And I think that is like that inner compass, right? It's like, Everybody has an inner knowing that they should, you know, I hate the word should, that they could consider going a certain way and they feel a calling to, but then in our day-to-day life, it's so easy to settle because of, you know, careers and societal expectations, expectations and conditioning that then lead people to become older. And like the biggest thing that people experience in their deathbed is regret. Well, in my opinion, it's because they didn't ever listen to themselves. They did what they thought everyone else thought they should do, or they were too afraid to take ownership of themselves and they just lived a life that was like cookie cutter and then they look up one day and go, wow, like I didn't do anything I intended to do when I came here. Like I knew in my heart this whole time, like I shouldn't marry that person or I shouldn't have taken this career for 30 years or I shouldn't have done these terrible things that I did. And, but I did because I did, I ignored like that, you know, I guess inner voice. Um, and so I guess, where where am I going with this to make a long (laughs) story short? Yeah. I think everybody has a responsibility like you mentioned that your life is yours. Like I do think that life has its own, you know, intelligence and you're probably going to be led somewhere with or without your, your, regardless of your personal preference, there are certain things that are going to unfold with or without your, uh, like dabbling in them. But Mm -hmm. I also do think that, yeah, we, we were created with like the same power that created this place. It's like, we're like a small spark of like, uh, divine, I don't know, divine power or something. Right. Like that's why your thoughts becomes that your thoughts become things and these different things that apply to humans. It's like if a dog thinks about like, I don't know, like dogs don't create things with their mind to yeah. my knowledge, right? Humans are the only being on this entire planet that literally, if you think about something enough, it'll, it'll literally come true in your reality. Yeah. However that shows up for you is yeah. up to you, positive or negative. So, uh, I think my personal responsibility now is like maintaining that awareness in myself, deepening my connection with myself, doing my work and knowing that through that I'm going to help others around me, whether it's like conscious or unconscious. And then, um, Previously, that responsibility just came from me wanting to like break free, I guess, like not feel like a victim of my circumstance or uh yeah, truly, I just truly had something in my gut, like a drive like a it used to be anger, and now it's like not you know, I'm not angry anymore yeah. I mean obviously I get angry sometimes, but yeah. like my predominant emotion is not angry anymore, but it was almost like a chip on my shoulder, like a a feeling of like I've just gotta bootstrap and keep going, you mm-hmm. know. And I think with time, it's it's become a lot more positive because before I think it was based out of like fear and survival and like conditioning. And now that I've like started to unravel those things, it's like, now I'm consciously choosing to take this path. Like nobody's going to force me to, no one's like expecting me to, but I know in my gut and my heart, it's like the right thing to do. And it also brings me so much like fulfillment to just know that I'm not going to, you know, settle for like some average life. I don't even mean average, like I'd be, I mean, I don't know if I could do it, but whether my life turns into me being a hippie living, you know, down by the river in a van or <laughs> helping like millions of people, I'm yeah. totally op- open to the thought that like, by me, just trusting myself, like I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not supposed to, like I'm right where I should be doing what I should be. And by having that belief and taking responsibility for like how I show up in the world, I know I'm only going to like continue to find my way. And, um, it'll only become better as time goes on. So,
0: yeah, I love that. Have you heard of, um, it's called the Family Systems Theory mm-hmm. by Murray Bowen. Good Did you learned about this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, lots. yeah. Yeah. So, two things in this theory that I want to talk about. One, triangles. In every single relationship, there's what's called a triangle. The most, the most common relationship is mom, dad, child. And so, we could have an example here Enoch, Austin, Riley mm-hmm. triangle. And in this triangle, everyone forms different connections with each other. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, Austin and I could form. Um, some kind of relationship or have. Uh, do whatever that makes you feel, makes Riley feel, I'm pointing, you can't see me, makes <laughs> Riley feel like an outcast. Mm-hmm. So this relationship is strong and this relationship here is not. Yeah, the part that of the triangle. Yeah. yeah, that mm-hmm. part of the triangle. And so there's triangles. And now, second, there's what's called the differentiation of self. And so. What Riley, what you've been experiencing is differentiation of self. And so your triangles in your family, if, let's say our little triangle here, if Riley chooses to have differentiation of self, which is to take responsibility for your life and not let our relationship, mine and Austin's, affect you, affect who you are as Mm -hmm. an individual and affect what you do. The fact that you are becoming more of a self and more independent, that then will affect everyone in your triangle, Mm. whether that be in a good way or a bad way. So if we all had a good, or like really an an unhealthy triangle with one another, it can actually hurt that triangle in a good way, in a sense, because differentiation of self is necessary for all of us, Um, but for Like, let's say, a child that grew up in a toxic relationship with their parents. Mm -hmm. The fact that he, the child, would have differentiation of self and take ownership for his own life will affect his relationship with his mom and dad. And that can be in a negative way for a minute because it's going to be different to what they had. It's called uh, keeping homeostasis or keeping equilibrium in that triangle. Mm You know, every family copes in different ways to keep equilibrium, whether that be helpful or
2: unhelpful. Different, like, different types of loops yeah. to keep them, like the rules in line. Yep, yeah, the feedback, the
0: negative and positive feedback mm-hmm. loops. And so the fact that you are differentiating yourself is breaking equilibrium. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of disturbs the triangle for a minute. Yeah. But then in your case that you've seen, your triangles, you probably haven't seen all the disturbances in all your triangles. but a lot of your relationships have come around to be stronger, yep. right? Because of your differentiation, it's literally changing. It's changing everyone, whether that be retroactively and into the future. Yeah. You know, and so that's, it's cool to see that actually in in person. Yeah. You know, to see it happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll say, i don't mean going to cut you off. I was going say this, like my relationship with my family, with my parents, with Pretty much everybody in my life at this point is better than it's ever been. Yeah. And I think it's, again, it's everything's a reflection of you. Yeah. I would say the key to that, though, is that my relationship with myself has also improved. Yeah. And, like, the way I'm showing up in the world is a lot more authentic um, to me and also detached from others. Like, there's a saying, connected to everything, attached to nothing, yeah. right? I like to use quotes, yeah. as you can tell. That's <laughs> no, how no, I process processing I thoughts. <laughs> it's um, like super
0: Buddhist, that quilt.
1: Yeah, because... Yeah because that's the truth. Like connected Mm -hmm. to everything means you acknowledge the fact that you are literally connected to everything. So everything you do has a repercussion to everything around you, whether it be the environment or other people, even yourself, right? Like do unto others as you would do to yourself. It's like, if I choose to be harsh to Enoch and, or cruel in some way or, or act out, I'm kind of hurting myself because sooner or later that's probably going to find its way back to me. But also it's more of a reflection of me than him. Right? Like, um, I kind of lost my train of thought just now. What was I saying? <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, the, the whole, like, it's really created a ripple effect throughout the, every area of my life. And people that, you know, it's funny too, I've noticed as I've started to do this work on myself, I'll have people come up to me that I would never expect to be open and vulnerable. And they'll completely just let down their guard and feel like totally safe in my presence. Whereas before I couldn't even like have a, a full-on conversation with them. And now mm-hmm. it's like, we'll talk about the darkest pits of their life but it's also because I think I've chosen to like expose that about myself, like open up my wounds and, and like let them finally heal and start to like work on myself that yeah. energetically people can feel that they're like, Oh, you're safe because you, whatever you're putting off, whether they know it or not is like, it resonates with something inside of them as well, you know? So it's kind of just a wild process, but super, it is wild. super cool. <laughs> also, yeah. The
2: only thing I was going to add at the family systems discussion is that and you've illustrated this the entire time, is that the system affects the individual and the individual affects the system. Mm. And the system in family therapy is the family. Like the family affects the the person. The person influences the family as a whole. And each person has their roles and their responsibilities within that system. For better or for worse, those roles can be good and those roles can be bad. But when you look at the outcomes of families, especially when you introduce stress into a family, um, when individual family members take on their roles appropriately, and responsibly the family itself and the system and then in the individual you see the best outcomes is when responsibility and dedication to appropriate roles takes place you see mm-hmm. the best outcomes and I guess I don't know where I'm going with that specifically I had an idea where I was going it, <laughs> I forgot but I think you what you've kind of illustrated the whole time kind of we've been talking about is the ability to cope with one's surroundings mm. is just as important as the system. Uh, I'm already losing my strength, I thought what I was going to say, I was going to turn, turn a quote, I was going to quote myself, but coping with your surroundings is just as important as coping your coping with your inside. You, know, yeah. like you have to be able to manage both the system and the individual, because there's this another idea within uh, family systems theory called circular causality, where you can go around and around and around finding a source of like, this is why this is this way. It's yeah. because my ancestor 10 years ago or 100 years ago did this thing and now I'm here. Mm-hmm. And that is true, but it doesn't matter because now you're here. Yeah. And you've kind of illustrated this idea that all these things have come down to me. I represent everything that my family was and is, and now I am this person that lives a life. And I have this mess in my hands, what am I gonna do about it? And you could go around and around looking for reasons and excuses as to why I am this way and why I'm making my decisions. But at the end of the day, you have to connect with something and you have mm-hmm. to find a reason that you want to be something else yeah. that is beneficial to the system and to you. And the system can be anything. It doesn't matter what it is, but I think we've kind of all talked about this today that the system being connected to a system of any kind yeah. is important.
1: And for me, like like uh, just to hijack the family systems theory for me. I think of that <laughs> as everybody everywhere right like Mm -hmm. all the people that i come into contact with they're a reflection of you know as i guess i create more triangles or as i connect with more people i realize that they're all just a mirror to me so if there's something that's showing up in them that i don't like what do i need to look at in myself first because Mm -hmm. in order for me to you know it's kind of like in order for me to judge somebody else or disown something in them that probably means i'm doing the same thing to myself and if i was honest with myself at some point in time i probably showed up in that way And during that time I made a decision in that moment that I needed to harshly judge myself or that wasn't okay. Or maybe someone else told me that wasn't okay. And so I've chosen to then project that judgment to other people. Right. I I, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, I I agree. Uh, And like my personal thought process, going back to like that collective consciousness idea is that when you kind of take accountability for everything in your life, being a reflection of you, then it's pretty easy to figure out what you need to work on. Mm -hmm. Right. It all comes back to you. Like, I like to use this idea uh, a big reason I feel called to to help people and I guess more in a non like performance oriented way but more in like let me help you be a better human so everything else by Mm -hmm. default gets better is because Mm -hmm. I see people constantly in the real estate space or just I've just seen throughout the world that they become super successful in one area of their life and like on paper they're crushing it like oh my gosh that guy's a stud he's got you know like in the real estate space maybe he's selling a bunch of houses or this businessman made millions of dollars or this person is super looked up to in like, let's say the church or these other areas. But then if you actually peeled back the layers of their life or or the, the curtains, let's say pull back the curtains, you'd quickly realize that like, no, they're actually not that. Okay. And most people aren't like most people, whether they admit it or not, are constantly suffering or dealing with some stuff internally that is messy. And I think that's something that I realized to myself and why I felt called to change my life path is because I think I was going down that path of like, on the outside, I probably looked like I was doing great, but internally, like I was dying. Like, hmm. you know, literally six months ago, like, I was, was, really cruel or cruel sounding, but I was really gonna like eat a bullet. Like I was done. Mm-hmm. Even though on paper at the time I was doing the best I'd ever done in my career, and life was moving in a positive direction, all these different things. Internally, I was an absolute wreck, and it's because like the foundation for my life is me, and so if that's not good, and my relationship with that isn't good, doesn't matter how high I build the tower, it's gonna fall. You know, hmm. and I think most people in life they go through life. So, focus on the external things like how can I accumulate more material things or more status or these things that short term fill the void, but they never actually turn the mirror inwards and say, Okay, well, let me take inventory what's in here. Like, I've got this attachment issue I don't want to deal with, or I've got this story that I've been telling myself about myself that's limiting me in this way, or I've got this trauma that happened that I'm not addressing, or I've got this issue, or maybe something I did to this person that I haven't owned up for. And it's like, you know, it's like that muck. And I think taking, uh, taking time in your life and making it a priority before all else to focus on that stuff first, everything else just flows. Like it's just mm-hmm. much better by default. Like, uh, like I would say in my own life, like life used to feel so grind. Like I used to be in that kind of, you know, grind set mentality, mm-hmm. like, and even that word grinding, like
0: rise and grind. Yeah.
1: It's kind of like yeah. it's kind of flawed logically. It's like, why, why would you want to like, what happens when you grind something? Like it means you're breaking it down. Like it's very forceful, Right. I do see I do see value in life of being hardworking and like having purpose and drive. But there's a difference. Right. And I think the language you use and how you describe things is powerful. And if most people are taking on that mentality of like grind and hustle, it's like those words, although they sound cool and they kind of are inspiring short term. It's like, what Mm -hmm. do if you actually look at what they actually mean? It's not that positive. Like it's actually Mm -hmm. not. And I don't think it's what what life's about. I think, again, life is a reflection of you. So Mm -hmm. if you want the this grandiose life we'll first start by building that foundation and that starts with the relationship with yourself and taking inventory of, you know, your, your shiz like, (laughs) and, and taking accountability for the fact that like you said earlier, like your life is yours. Like Mm -hmm. you're given this golden ticket. Like the fact you're even alive right now is better than winning any lottery. And every second you take a breath, the statistical odds of you taking that breath and actually being here right now in this moment are so abstract, that it's like, we totally lose sight of that. We, we just get so mm-hmm. focused on stupid things in life. Like how much money am I making or how cool I look to this person? But it's like, how do you actually feel inside? Cause like you're you forever. That's the one thing I came to grips yeah. with recently. Yeah. I I long for the longest time I hated myself. Like literally a lot of my drive came from like a lack mentality or like I'm not enough. Right. Mm-hmm. It was not ever like I believe in myself. So therefore I'm going to, it's like, no, I think I'm a piece of shit and I've got to prove it wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one, one day especially to this like spiritual work i've been doing lately and I, I it's all i say spiritual work but like it involves psychology it involves all these different things like it's not spiritual is like the umbrella but underneath that was therapy was things like uh meditation mindfulness practices journaling like even more woo woo stuff like you know plant medicine <laughs> breath work and these different things um and yeah ultimately i just really one day realized i'm like i'm gonna be me forever like no matter what i do yeah, no matter how much i fight yeah, yeah. it i'm literally gonna be riley that for this life you know i believe there's multiple lives so like at least for this iteration of whatever i'm doing right now i'm this guy forever like i may as well learn to like him and make him as good as i can be because i'm literally gonna be him forever you know yeah. and uh so yeah that that whole uh tangent i guess the, the, the take home is like Realize that, again, everything is literally a reflection of you. So if there's someone in your life that's pissing you off, turn the mirror inwards. If you hate your career, turn the mirror inwards. If you're not making the money you want to make, you're not having the relationships you want to have, you're not f- enjoying the fulfillment, the joy in life, it's all back to you. And if you just take responsibility for it, it's there's a difference between, and I, I had to really realize this with my uh, past, like overcoming some of my childhood traumas because... I used to think, well, if I take responsibility for it, like that takes away that other person t- doing that action to me, or it mm-hmm. takes away the, like, am I enabling them? Well, no, really, there's a difference. There's a difference between um, taking blame, which is mm-hmm. I'm guilty for this action, mm-hmm. and taking responsibility, which is what can I do with it, mm-hmm. right? You're yeah. not you're not discounting the fact it happened. You're not discounting the fact your life is the way it is right now, but you're empowering yourself and saying, okay, like, yeah, that, all that's a thing, but like, now what can I do with this? Like, what can I choose to turn it into? I think it's been very powerful in my life of like, okay, yeah, like, uh, I had a lot of traumatic stuff happen to me. I, I have all these reasons that I could be someone I'm not, but I'm here, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm this far along on the path now, how can I keep going and what can I, what can I turn those things into in a positive way that serve me, um, versus just letting that story hold me back my entire life and cause me to do the same things that hurt me as a kid or, you know, like be someone that I know in my heart, I'm not supposed to be. So, yeah.
2: We're all here, we all have an existence, we can either choose to make it better, or we can choose to make it worse, and I think the sin of omission, by not doing anything, you tend to turn into making it worse, and yeah. by actively, proactively I should say, more proactively deciding to do something about it, leans you more towards the pendulum of making life better for you and for everyone around you, going back to the family systems theory, like the effect that you have on you will have an effect on who surrounds you, yeah. and I think Um, I I knew I had a thought, I didn't want to cut you off too long, but I think that just turns us back to acceptance and commitment therapy again, with this idea of values work, or just turning towards your values, and that's the very center of this modality of therapy, is your life must be centered on what you value most, otherwise it's, your life will continue to fall apart, or continue to be... What you don't want it to be and values can be anything we, anyone who's listened to the podcast you know we talk about values probably probably too much at least every other episode <laughs> uh, at the most probably yeah. every single episode at least yeah. once we talk about values and values work and connecting to your values mm-hmm. and having an idea of what means the most to you and i think that's something if you were to like fold up and package what you just said and put into like a therapy mindset it's a therapist telling you to focus on your values and okay. what you care about most can i add to that really yeah quick? go for it
1: so full transparency be vulnerable with you guys up until like a year ago i didn't know what my values were and i mm-hmm. i had this story i told myself that i was so broken and all the things that had happened to me in my life were going to destined me to you know like effing it up like being a bad person like i had this yeah. belief that even though even on the surface and like outside look, looking in i wasn't actually a bad person and now looking back i'm like no i wasn't a bad person at all like i, I truly did good Because of, like I think, the traumatic things that happened to me and the stories that I I adopted because of that, I felt like I didn't have values. And so I just, for the listener who's like, I don't even know how to begin to find my values, (laughs) it it was a process, I'll say. But a lot of it was just me undoing the beliefs I had about myself as a person, which then led me to realize like my values are integrity. Like I always am going to be an integrity with myself and be honest and make decisions that are not only good for me, but good for others as well. Um, You know, things like... Independence and like uh, there's a bunch of different things you got I guess, umbrella under there, but uh, yeah, I would just say for me, like, I had so many, so much muck, so many things holding me back and down that I didn't even know how to identify my values because I felt like I was like fundamentally broken or mm-hmm. something, you know. But anyways, through that, no, that's umbrella. powerful, I think that's really powerful.
2: The finding your values is stripping back who you thought you were and then finding out who you actually are, that's yep. really important,
1: definitely. Yeah, and yeah, we talk
0: about all the time that all of us are broken, and we bring up the the fine
2: china, how they break
1: the glass, then fill it with gold. You What's, know? That, what's the name of that uh, art style? I know what you're talking about.
2: We talk about this all the time. Yeah, uh, they, the, we've said the name at least once. I can I can Google it yeah. a little. Like, yeah, Google go ahead it. and
0: Google it. But uh, that's like coming to the acceptance that you are a broken and flawed individual brings so much freedom in life. That's instead of fighting the way you just write it, and dude, like life becomes so much easier when you realize, okay, I have all these thoughts, and I had all this stuff happen to me, and I'm a broken, messed up individual, you know? But that's okay. Everyone is. No one's perfect. And
2: you bring up the fine China, which is? It's actually Japanese, and it's uh, Kintsugi. I think I'm probably saying that wrong, but uh, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I, Kintsugi. And it's beautiful. Look at that. Well, sorry Japanese out there, we didn't know.
0: It's Japanese. So we've we said so Chinese given, every we've single given time. credit to China this entire
2: time, <laughs> no, no, the, the beautiful art of the Japanese. But either way, it doesn't matter because what, what really comes down to it is the idea behind it is yeah. that each of us are, are broken. I can't see China because I mean, it's not fine China. It's um, jewelry. It's called jewelry or, or fine art that we all have cracks. We all have, um, things quote unquote wrong with us. So that's what you want to call it. Things that just, we don't, that don't represent who we really are, you know, and and like going back to the family systems theory, since you brought that up, that's something yeah. that I've been thinking about a lot recently. I wrote a paper on it recently actually for school and um, we talked about the idea of stressed concrete and how concrete becomes stronger the more that it's stressed mm. in the production process. And same thing with like metals and things like that. The more that it's stressed and the more heat that it's put under, the stronger it comes out as a building material. And it's kind of the same thing with this, if you add that into the idea of this like bowl that has cracks in it filled with gold it's not, not only you more beautiful from overcoming your challenges, you're also stronger. Yeah, you are right. a better person overall, figuring out what's wrong with you. And that's, I don't want to say what's wrong, but maybe what, what's not ideal, what's less helpful about yourself that yeah. you have perpetuated throughout the years, whether that be generational or it's new with you. Figuring that out, I think journaling is important. It's a big, that's how I figured out a lot about myself is through journaling and just like yeah. through self meditation. But figuring it out, doing something about it and then it's going to take a lot of stress it's going to take a lot of heat coming out the other end of that furnace though coming out the other end of the the artist studio more beautiful with the cracks filled with gold stronger than you were going into it i think that's for sure super important to understand as a listener and just really anyone who's going through anything right now but they feel broken
1: Mm. yeah i will say uh part of my healing process has been uh, you said kind of and i don't mean even like jump on this but you said what's wrong with you right like even like language is powerful and even addressing it in that way, you kind of like disempower yourself. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'll say one of the biggest parts of my journey lately has been the acceptance of all of me. Like they talk about, yeah. and, uh, I can never say Carl Jung. Uh, mm-hmm. how do you say the type of psychology? Jungian. Yeah, they yeah. that's always that. Jungian yeah, yeah. psychology. They talk about your shadow and, uh, shadow self. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I think part of my process has been like shadow work and like really, being honest with myself of like, okay, what's what's under the hood, right? Like, let's take inventory for all of it and learning to love it anyways. Uh, I, we don't necessarily have to jump into deep detail on this, but d- during my ayahuasca ceremony, I had a, a section where I like, you know, it's a, it's a whole thing, but <laughs> I had a, a, a spot in that process where when I would close my eyes, I would see this face staring back at me. And it was like the spirit ayah, like they talked about in the medicine or whatever. And at one point that face turned into my face and it was like beautiful, like gleaming, like joyful, smiling ear to ear with teeth, like just the representation of like my most joyful, pure self. And when I first saw that, I was like, oh my God, like that's me. Like, I can't, because I was, my whole intention going into it was to find self-love, which I feel like prior to that I did not have. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I saw that, I was like, wow, of course I love myself. Look at me like, you know, and I'm so attached to that image. And then as I started to get attached to it, and it was almost like telling myself that story, the image flipped. And all of a sudden it was like my same face with that same smile but instead of it being joyful it was like demonic and my yeah. eyes were like snake eyes it was like a red glow like just like the representation of like the worst of me right and at first i was like oh like internally panicking like no no no, no put it away like i don't want to see it i don't want to see it and then something just flipped at me and i was just like screw it this sounds really weird but mentally again i'm processing these images that they're happening I like grabbed my face, the evil face, and kissed it. Hmm. And as soon as I did, it flipped back to almost like a, a half and half of like that joyful face, but more real, like like a like an integration of the two together. And it made me realize like you you're never going to love yourself, or you're never going to find peace within yourself if there's still part of you you hate. And by you hating it or thinking it's something that needs to you know, they talk about in shadow work, like by thinking of your shadow as something that needs to be killed or destroyed, Mm -hmm. you empower it. You actually give it fuel to be worse. But when you take inventory of those things and you address them, you almost deflate them. You take away their power. You're like, okay, sure. Maybe I have this tendency or I had this habit at one point, but like, oh, well, like Mm. that's, that's part of this experience as a human. Like you, you have to kind of like embrace your dark side. And for me, like the last six months has been really cool because I've, I've been able to really step more into a more authentic version of myself by embracing kind of my wacky side or like the things about me that I thought nobody would understand. It's like, as I've embraced those, it's actually made me, it's like people, uh, I wish I had the quote in the front of my mind, but basically in connection, like humans connecting to each other, people grip onto the rough parts because if, if it, everything was so smooth and perfect, there's nothing to stick, right? It would right. just slide right by each other, but it's like people actually attach to maybe attaches in the right word people will connect deeper with you if you show those rough parts because that's what makes us relatable as humans is like if you're just this perfect person no one can actually relate to you or they feel like you're above them but when they see that like like you mentioned earlier you're just another broken person like that's why i mentioned earlier in, the, in this interview like her podcast doing like everybody's just doing the best they can with what they have if you take that mentality and you truly believe that then you don't get you don't take things personal like if some guy's a dick to you you're like Okay, man. Like, sorry for whatever you're going through that makes you feel that way, right? right, But it doesn't—it doesn't actually have anything to do with me. And if it does, okay, I'll look at that and I'll be open to the fact that maybe I showed up in a way for him that you know triggered him, and how could I improve that later? But you kind of deflate those. um, I don't know. For me, again, it was like a lot of self-acceptance of just being like, okay, like everybody's broken. Everybody, if they were honest, has something about them that they're shameful about or that they, uh, you know, quote unquote, hate themselves for. But then when you're open about those things or you just accept them, then it also helps you accept others around you. Cause you're not being like judgmental. You're not projecting. You're just like, you're just doing that thing in a different way than I did, but it doesn't change the fact that it's the same thing. Like at the end of the day, like we're all just a reflection you know, of each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Well, so it's come of my mind several times. is Stephen Covey mm. um, talks a lot about what's called the circle of uh, influence and the circle of concern. Mm. And so you have your you picture yourself, Uh, Mr. Miss Listener, Um, you're in the middle of a circle, okay? And that first circle that you're in is your circle of influence, right? And then on the outside of your circle of influence, there's another circle that's called the circle of concern. And far too often, we, for whatever reason, kind of tend to just focus on everything that's in the circle of concern. We're concerned about, uh, what other people think about us about our future our future in general how much money we 're going to make if we 're going to get the job that we want, our future relationships, whatever it is all that stuff is in our circle of concern, and we don't have control over that and so what Stephen Covey all the time talks about only focusing on the things that you can control, which is your circle of influence and by doing so, you change the things that are in your circle of concern and so by Focusing on yourself, like Riley's been talking about this entire time, is indirectly, you change everything in your circle of concern. And it's just, it's interesting how that works, how when, if you want to change something, focus on yourself, and that thing you want to change is going to change. Mm -hmm. And so, that's really interesting. Another thing I want to bring up is what's called a transitional character. We were talking about, um, you know, generational stuff, how, you know, Austin, you were saying, someone a hundred years ago in your family tree could have done something dumb or unhelpful that has now been brought to you. But you as an individual living right now, you can be that transitional character and you can make the change for the generation a hundred years from now, you know? And so I think you're the perfect example, Riley, of being a transitional character where you don't have to accept everything that your family went through or that your ancestors did to bring you to where you are now. Obviously, I'm grateful for them for what they did because mm-hmm. you're here, right? But those unhelpful habits, those genes that they've given you, have holes in them like the genes that American mm. Eagle has nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big ones. But but you can patch up those holes, patch up the unhelpful parts, and have a nice pair of Levi's, Levi's, <laughs> <laughs> Levis.
2: Um,
0: but you get where I'm, you get where I'm going, like yeah. you, gen, you can patch those up yourself and you can make sure that the generations after you have great genes, you know, I'm not saying everyone's going to be perfect later down the road, but you can make it easier for them. And so you, like you're the perfect example of being a transitional character, which
1: I think is beautiful. Thank you. I will yeah. say too, like I said, I mentioned from the start doing your own work only gives you reference for those people that came before you or that are in your life at the moment and you can't really like it's really hard for me now to even look back at like i still like again everything's a work in progress like i'm not saying in a year i healed everything about myself like there's still things that trigger me but i also have awareness of them now so it's like even when those things come up i'm like okay i choose what to do with it right but like i used to uh have so much like resentment towards my family or just like like honestly life you know, in general, I was just like an angsty person. Yeah. And now it's like, I have nothing but appreciation. And I also realize that like, your pain will cause you to really, I don't know, like demonize things, like make things worse than they actually are. But then once you actually get over that hump, you realize like, even people that do terrible things, like they're just a human being. Like they're just, they're just doing the best they can with what they have. Yeah, they may have chose to do something awful, but what can you learn from it? Right? Like, and also it's not saying we shouldn't like, there's a certain level of judgment that's necessary and helpful for society because there needs to be like some, you know, moral format of right and wrong, I think, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um And you also realize as you do like your own work and everything like that, it's really hard to point the finger at other people because you, you just start to look at everybody else as a mirror and go, oh, okay, like, what does that reflect back to me? I have some of that in me too. Well, I'm just happy it mm-hmm. didn't show up in that way, but what can I do to work on that, right, versus yeah. everything being outward. but mm-hmm. um, yeah. I don't want to like demonize my family or anything. I love them to death. My family kicks ass, but <laughs> <laughs> it's important to understand like, the context though. Yeah. yeah. And like they say, no matter where you're from or, or, uh, what family you come from, like I guarantee if you're honest with yourself, like there's a lot of stuff that happened that probably would bring shame to a lot of people. And then also like, there's still like beautiful things. And again, now being in this position, I, I look back and I'm like, I'm grateful I came from like this band of misfits. Like uh, honestly, like I'm grateful I'm not your traditional human because mm. it's taught me so much and it's added so much like flavor to my life that otherwise wouldn't have been there. And mm-hmm. now I can take that and and go do my own thing with it and, and uh, you know like pay it forward I guess to other people. But you
2: know. the, the thought that keeps coming back to my mind, especially like towards the end of this conversation, is the fact that life is not linear. Life is very circular. It's yes. very <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't want to say sporadic, but it is. It's it's unexpected, and because your life did not begin when you were born, and it doesn't end when you die. And we you look at that as spirituality, Christianity, plan of like life and death, whatever you call it, heaven. Even from like a philosophical standing, before you were born, everything built up to you with your ancestors you talked about that earlier with like generational trauma and like everything that's built up to you or generational it's the opposite of generational trauma generational wealth generation sure whatever you want to call that like in a in a philosophical standpoint everything's built up to you and technically everything that before you was you you're here now and everything that comes after you is going to be because of you in one way or another one especially when it comes to your family and your circle of influence because if i think to like my, my father who recently passed away passed away in November and we're still talking about him every single day. I talk at him every single day. He's, he's passed, he's gone. He's in the Pleasant Grove cemetery a couple miles down the road, but his influence continues to drive me every single day. Mm. I think about him every single day. And so you can be that, um, I guess I'm not turning this more like, like an honor of my dad, but be the kind of person that leaves an in influence positively, circularly for the, like for the rest of, for the rest of time if that makes sense. You yeah. wanna be a net force for good. That's something that Jordan Peterson talks about a lot that I love is being being a net force for good makes the world just a better place overall. Because you're yeah. gonna do stupid stuff. You're gonna do things that you just regret. You're gonna do things that you look back and like, why did I do that? But and that's something you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. But what can you do to not cancel out those things? You can't cancel things out but to become a net force for good over time you can look back and more relax. positive. Exactly. Yeah. What did I do to make this life better? And that starts with the basics that we've talked about today.
1: Yeah. I appreciate bringing up your dad and being vulnerable. Um, I don't I mean to hijack this, but I want to share something with you. Uh, I lost my brother when I was 16. And for the longest time, uh, you say your life doesn't you know, begin or end right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree to an extent. I will say, and I, I assume you'll have the same experience that when someone leaves this life, they, they actually start teaching you more when they're not here than when they were absolutely. here. Um, and I have a really interesting, uh, just thing I want to throw in this just for, for fun. So again, my brother passed away when I was 16 and, uh, I have always like wished like, man, I wish he could just be here with me mm. and see like this journey, you know? And I'm assuming you feel similar. Oh, like absolutely, you're like in yeah. 10 years, you're going to look back and be like, damn dad. Like if you could only see the man I am today. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, however, I want you to know, like they're with you and I'll give you an example how this showed up for me in my life. I went to a a men's retreat in New York. Um, This was back in October, right? And so my brother's been gone since 2016, so like six, almost seven years, right? Mm -hmm. And I have a tattoo on my chest that says, live through me with his birthday. And I always think when I'm doing things, like I'm bringing him with me. And Mm -hmm. I'm almost like, you know, in honor of him, I've got to really go hard in this life because he got taken away too early. And uh, anyways, so I'm in New York i'm out there for this men's retreat and i meet this guy from switzerland of all places okay so we become buds and he kind of reminds me of my brother like some similar mannerisms and i even mm-hmm. thought of that when i first met him i'm like he kind of me of cortland you know funny thing we spend a whole weekend together we deep dive in we're doing men's work which is like pretty much inner work mixed with therapy and some spirituality type of stuff but focused on men like helping build better men right mm-hmm. and uh so this whole weekend is this beautiful experience of like the the men who are facilitating are like uh like legends in that space and like you know Really credible therapists, and they have all these different backgrounds and 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 you know skill sets, so we get to experience that firsthand together. And so by the end of the weekend, we're all very close, like a big band of brothers, right? And we did this initiation kind of thing uh, at the very end. And as we're all saying goodbye, I walk up to this gentleman named Sahil, the one from Switzerland, and he looks at me. He goes, "Come here, Riles." The craziest thing is that that's the nickname my brother gave me when I was a kid. And no, mm. like nobody but my family has called me that since. And how in the hell would this guy from Switzerland know that nickname? And I literally stopped him and I said, how did you know that name? And he's like, dude, it just popped in my mind just barely when I was going to give you a hug. I have no idea. I've never said that in my life. That's really cool. Hmm. How How do you explain that?
2: You just can't.
1: You can't, <laughs> right? And so yeah, uh, yeah I was just going to say like yeah, just talking about people that have passed on, like they'll, they'll keep teaching you and they're there mm-hmm. with you. And especially if you like bring them in spirit and like, you almost like honor them for the things mm-hmm. you do, you're going to have like a, and there's more that's happened than just that, but that just was like the one that really stands out lately. Um, yeah. Like you'll, uh, you'll have him a part of your journey for, for the long run, you know, that would okay. be really cool. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's really cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite cool. Well,
0: I don't know how long this episode is. <laughs> do be the longest. I'm episode. just seeing the bars. I don't 2, know 200 what, bars. I don't, I don't know, know. 200 bars time. That's definitely the
2: most bars we have ever had, but it's the most it's definitely one of the more powerful conversations for bars. Had. But yeah, cool.
0: Is there any like last minute last minute thing you want to say or like anything uh, else on your mind?
1: Honestly, just for those listening, like don't be afraid to be unconventional, not only the way you live your life, but the way you go about things. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah there is so much beauty in the contrast of life, whether it be good or bad. And you're going to, I think in life you almost create references for who you are and it helps you find yourself when you experience different things or choose to like do things unconventionally because then you have a reference, you know, like in this situation or compared to this thing, like this is how I feel about it. And uh, especially for my healing journey and and spiritual journey, being willing to get out of my comfort zone and do things like go to therapy or, you know, try breath work. Like that sounds so weird or yoga. Like I'm not, you know, I have no I have no background like ancestrally in that practice. Why would I you know, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter, right? Like this world is a beautiful sandbox and there's so many different things you could play with to to find yourself and heal yourself. And uh I would just say be open to stretching your mindset and trying things that are not conventional because those are the things that have helped me the most. Uh truly. Like me being willing to do all this weird wacky stuff is what is it's changed my life dramatically for the better. And like for the first time in my life, like I love myself. I actually have purpose. I know, I know what I'm, I know who I am. I know what I'm here to do. And I'm totally open to life and all that has to bring me versus before when I was angsty and upset and felt like, like the world was out to get me. Now it's like a beautiful perspective shift. And it came from me being willing to be unconventional and also be vulnerable. Like, uh, that's the last thing I'll leave you with. The strongest person is the most vulnerable. Uh, it's, it's not weak to show your emotions or show people who you really are because how else else are they going to know you, right? Like you can take the mask off and also realize that everybody else, whether they will be open about it or not, is dealing with the same things you are just in their own way. Everybody has their their own struggles and vices and these different things. And I think the more you can show that about yourself, not only do you attract more authentic connections, but you also realize that it's safe to be you, like yeah. that there are people in this world that will love you for you, regardless of what that looks like and how that shows up. Uh, and that's a really powerful experience. So, yeah, be vulnerable and unconventional. Be wacky. Help people. Be woo-woo. <laughs> yeah, be woo-woo. Are yeah, <laughs> afraid to be woo-woo? <laughs> definitely be woo-woo. I'll be your friend. But. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's are awesome. you considered a yogi? Uh, I would say so. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you practice yoga, Yeah. I will be certified soon, and you'll catch, oh, no me. Way. You yeah, that's catch cool.
0: me. doing classes. Oh, so. yeah, cool! You're gonna do a uh, yoga in the snow. I saw your little thing yesterday. Oh, yeah. You did. Yeah. Where there. Where is that, by the way? Um,
1: up the American Fort Canyon. We do a uh, on, community okay. cold plunge every Sunday.
2: That's cool. Uh, that, there's like a lot of cool science behind cold plunges. And it's also, awesome. like looking like, the spiritual aspect of it, and as well as like the physical aspect. Cold plunges are yeah. pretty powerful. It's cool, definitely. And I guess, I guess, last note. I don't like not to cut you off. Like, oh, how can I'm people going. reach yeah. you? Like, if they want to talk to you more, if they want to like yeah. work with you, how can they reach you?
1: Uh, well, I'm just getting started, so I'm not like some, you know, uh, I'm not Tony Robbins or anything, but I love people and I really enjoy helping and I, I do feel like, uh, I understand, like I, I know what it's like to go through it. If there's someone who can hold the space for you or give you the guidance or just be a friend at the very least, uh, I'll be that guy. Um, find me on Instagram, Riley underscore Condor. Uh, you're welcome to message me on there. or will me in the show notes. Yeah. 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 Find me on Facebook. And like I said, I, I love connecting with people. I like... People are my favorite thing, so don't be a stranger, and it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what background or walk of life you come from, like, I'm totally open-minded and willing to help, so. That's
2: awesome. Cool, Dude. really cool.
1: Well, thanks for coming
0: on the show. I'm sure we'll have you on in the future. Yeah, sure, we got more to talk about.
1: I mean, <laughs> we need <laughs> a part two of this. There's way more to unpack, yeah. There's going to be, yeah,
0: part one out of ten. Yeah, yeah is, right. <laughs> yeah. Part two. it's like Harry Potter.
2: This is going to be it. a
1: yeah. yeah, a saga. A saga, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's great.
0: Awesome. Okay, thanks, everyone, for listening. If you made it this far, like, you're incredible. And we'll talk to you next week. What about, what about therapy? What
2: about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about,
0: what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy?